0: When you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A N G I.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and those who don't identify as either. You are listening to ratchet and respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I hope I sound much better this week than I have in like the last couple episodes, not just like emotionally. I mean, literally sound better. I had misplaced the anchors for my mic stand when I moved from L.A. Actually, I put them in a place that made sense to me at the time. And I don't know why I separated the stand and the screws. But I couldn't find the screws for like the last, what, month? So I haven't been recording the podcast with the microphone on its proper stand. I've been having to do all sorts of makeshift nonsense in order to make it work. And I could hear the difference. Maybe you can't tell, but I can tell. But the other day I was, I was unpacking my bag to repack the bag. I've done this at least three times. I'm trying to get all my bags underweight. Like I'm down to four bags, which I'm really, really proud of myself for, but I was looking for something else and reached in the side of my bag and felt my screws. And I was like, thank you God. Cause I really didn't want to buy a whole nother microphone just to have the stand. This matters so much to me. The sound for the last couple of episodes has been driving me nuts. So hopefully you can hear a difference because I can hear it. I am in a much better mood, though. I think I told you I just needed like a day, maybe two, to do nothing. And that was today. Like, I haven't left the house all day. Like, I've I've done a bunch of nothing. I think I went downstairs and like went through a couple boxes. When I was unpacking and repacking, I realized I had only packed one of a shoe How did I do this? How did I like not put the other shoe in the bag? So I had to go find the other shoe. And then I was like, oh, and I need these shoes. Oh, and I need these sandals. Oh, and I need these shoes too. So yeah, so now I have an extra three pair of shoes that are going with me, but it's okay because the first bag is actually nine pounds underweight. So I can put more stuff in it. I'm very excited about it. The first first two bags have to be under 70 pounds, which shouldn't be so hard and yet is. Me and my mom were about to head out to get a luggage scale earlier. And my dad was like, for what? And we were like, so we can weigh the bags. So we can make sure that they're the the right weight. So she doesn't have to pay excess baggage fees at the airport. Like, this makes perfect sense. And my dad was like, you ain't got to go get no extra scale for that. Come on to the bathroom. So my dad stood on the scale and weighed himself. And then took the bag and held it. And was like, now subtract that from me. And that's how much the bag weigh. And I was like kind of brilliant and you just saved us $70 and a trip to the store it worked you know men the way men think is just that never would have dawned on me like it never would have occurred to me to do that the way men think is just it's just it's different it's just real different and sometimes I'd be bad at it and then sometimes I can't be mad because it's effective and I was like I never would have thought of that so yeah This episode is mostly all ratchet because it just seems like the world has gone upside down, topsy-turvy. I don't know if that's because I've been kind of checked out halfway for the last month, like trying to get this move underway. And again, today is the first day in over a month. I just had a chance to just sit down and and do nothing and kind of just scroll around the Internet and see what people are talking about. And I was like, ooh, I kind of missed it when I was busy because the news right now is kind of trash. I was reading earlier today about a mother of six daughters in Philadelphia. The news reports i read only said she was in her early 30s. A man she was dating. I don't know if he's the father of any of the children or all of them, but she had a restraining order against him. He caught up with her outside a grocery store at 8 o'clock in the morning. And there is surveillance video of him opening up a car door And stabbing her until she dies. The reports that I read said that he stabbed her 20 some odd times. All throughout her body including her face. One of the articles that I read said that when police showed up to the scene. She still had the knife stuck in her head. Horrible thing obviously to happen to the woman. But also the six girls. Like what happens to those six children. I mean they got daddies. But for sure they don't have a mom. And that's just. Unbearably tragic, and I was like, "How the fuck are you that mad at eight o'clock in the goddamn morning? Like, what what was your night before? And how do you stab somebody that many times? Like, how much rage, much you have? That's such a a a, a brutal crime. Even with like a gun, like you're it, you're not really engaged. Like you're firing something. You're firing a weapon at a distance, and it does great harm. Obviously, But to stab someone is this like that's physical energy you have to exert. Like it's really not easy." To stab someone like you got to really put your back into it. And I was like, what the fuck are you so mad about to stab someone all those times? And like in in the body, in the face, in the head, like the fuck is wrong with you? I did read that, that the man who did that had been arrested. May he spend the rest of his life in prison. Such a horrific story. There was another story. This one was in Texas. I saw it in the New York Post. This woman. She was in her 20s, 24. She got into an argument with her boyfriend at a gas station. People heard her tell him, I'm going to kill you. They were outside the gas station at the car. According to witnesses, she went inside and she got 50 cents worth of gas. Witnesses saw her pouring gasoline on her boyfriend while he sat in the back seat of a Jeep. I was like, wait. Gas has a very distinct smell. He's in the back seat. He would have to be awake if they're arguing, correct? So he sat there and let her pour gasoline on him. If somebody poured gasoline on me, I would think that they were about to set me on fire. Because why else would you pour gasoline on somebody? But even if he just thought like, oh, she's trying to ruin my clothes. Wouldn't you get pissed and jump out the car? I just... Okay. Witnesses say that she then walked around to the driver's seat of the car And then she set him on fire with an unknown object. She threw something into the backseat of the car and he went up in flames. Witnesses saw him escape the vehicle. He was running through the parking lot trying to stop the burning. A customer came to his aid with a fire extinguisher. And witnesses say he was bleeding and had skin that appeared to have melted off his body. While witnesses were trying to help the man... The girlfriend told bystanders that she was smoking while she pumped gas. And that's why the fire started. But the people were like, nah, sis, we saw you do this. You set that fire intentionally. And when she tried to leave, like her version of events is that she accidentally started this fire at a gas station, no less. I was like, girl, you put everybody's life in danger with that shit. Your version of events is that you were smoking while pumping gas. And the fire started as an accident and that's why your boyfriend is on fire. And yet she tried to leave the scene of the crime. So someone tried to detain her. Witnesses say she pushed the person to the ground and drove away while smiling, according to the police report. So she was arrested in July and she was initially charged with aggravated assault, bodily injury with a deadly weapon. Dude has been hanging on. Since this incident in July. That young man. 25 years old. He died last week. So now the woman is being charged. With murder. She's currently in custody. Girl. I don't know what you could possibly argue with somebody about. Cheating. Stealing somebody's money. I I don't know what you could argue with somebody about. This setting them on fire. It seems acceptable. Like I'm just. I'm baffled. I'm baffled. Whatever happened between y'all, he's 25 and dead and you're 24 and going to be set up in prison for a good 10 to 20. I don't know what could be worth that. Like the GP of it all. And you know I love some GP. GP is good for cursing people out. It's not good for killing people. I'll give you a good slap. I ain't saying it's right. I understand how it happens. I'll give you something that, that doesn't cause like permanent injury and you won't land in jail for years. This shit. The the story we just talked about, what could you be so mad at somebody about that you go stab them all those times? I, I just, I just, I was reading about this lady, um, lady, woman, 40 year old woman, a nurse, no less from Texas. She's living out in LA and she ran through the light at an intersection. You've seen this video. Yeah. It was all over on Friday. Like a bunch of people sent it to me. A really popular intersection in South LA. The woman is black. And because of where the incident took place, I would guess that most of the people who were injured are black as well. The last figure I heard was five people dead, including a pregnant woman and an infant. And then nine or 10 people, most of them teenagers, had gone to the hospital. It was a really crazy video. It's like a regular intersection. And cars are going across. And then out of nowhere, this car comes barreling through, hits another car in the middle of the intersection, and immediately bursts into flames. And then there's like a streak of flames, like something you would see in a movie where the skid marks would be from when the car went sliding. I saw the damage to the cars. It's miraculous that anybody survived, which a lot of people didn't. Uh, But the woman who went barreling through the light, she survived. I think the last I read, she was currently in the hospital. They were waiting for her to be patched up and fixed so they could charge her and take her to jail. I saw a video, an interview with one of her friends, which I was like, if you're my friend, if like if we're genuinely friends, even if I do some fucked up shit, could you not throw me under the bus in the media? Could you just could you keep it to yourself? Could you not talk to the press like immediately? But one of her friends did an interview and said the woman had been arguing with her boyfriend and she had been drinking and then drove. And then that's how that accident happened. This wasn't like a late night thing where there's nobody on the road. So you're driving really fast. But it was like a crowded time of day. Like there were plenty of cars out. And she just went barreling through. It speculated she was driving like 100 miles per hour. I don't know if that's accurate. I just know like you could see from the video, she was going really, really fast. Like no brake lights, no nothing. I didn't know we still need to give PSAs to people like not to drink and drive, but can we not do that? That's horrible. Horrible. Like I've just been reading about just like just scrolling through the internet. I've just been reading about so much death lately. Like it's just just absolutely terrible.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's angi.com. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you had a chance to read the New York Times wedding section over the weekend. One of the stories was about a black couple in Boston. I told you I was like doing nothing all day. Like I was watching movies in and out of sleep. I was back in pajamas at like 2 p.m. And people kept texting me, Popeyes. And I was like, Popeyes? Like what? what is Popeyes? And then one of my guy friends, he was like, nigga. I've been waiting on you all day. When you gonna post? And I was like, post about what? And he was like, Popeye's. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with Popeye's? Like, you're the second person to hit me up about Popeye's. And he was like, nigga, go to Twitter. I go to Twitter and like Popeye's is trending. And I was like, why is Popeye's trending on Twitter? So the New York Times ran this article about two black people who met during the pandemic the height of COVID and they met online. So dating app, no judgment. Dating apps are a fine way to meet people. I don't know if you're going to meet quality and good people, but apparently it happens for some, no problem with dating apps, but the woman, and she's in her thirties professionally, very successful. She had met this guy on the dating app. They connected and he canceled on her twice. So he called her a third time. I would presume, based on the details I'm about to share with you, that he was calling to cancel again. But she told him, if you're calling to cancel, then don't ever call me again. And so he suggested that they meet in five minutes in a Popeye's parking lot for their first date. So that's why I said I believe he was calling to cancel because meet me in five minutes in the parking lot of Popeye's is not something that you I would think I would hope. I would hope that a grown ass man at the age of 44 did not pick up the phone to call a woman pre planned to ask her to meet him in a Popeye's parking lot as a date. It's bad enough that he suggested it as like a save. Because the woman was like, don't speak to me again if we can't get together. That's bad enough. But I really want to hope that that's not something that he thought about and was going to call a grown ass woman and be like, hey, meet me here. So this conversation has been dominating Twitter and Facebook. I've seen people say it was the pandemic. Nothing was open. Where, Where were they supposed to go? Like a car date was acceptable during that time. I would like to counter to you. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Perhaps you may have gone on car dates. I want you to know that the people who asked you on them were not the least bit interested. Just FYI. My broke high school and college boyfriends, nobody had any money because nobody had a job, did better than that. I haven't spent a lot of time in Boston, but I have spent time in Boston. It's a beautiful city. It's it's on water. I, I don't understand why... A parking lot at a Popeyes was a suggestion from a grown ass man. Like if you're gonna do a car date because there's nowhere else to go and it's a pandemic, I get that places were limited. Is there nowhere in the city of Boston where you can park a car near water? Or where you could park a car and see water? Does does that not exist in the city of Boston? I'll be damned. Lies. Lies and fabrications. Cause I've walked around the city of Boston. You couldn't go walk by water like park the car, get out and actually like take a stroll outside. I went out during the pandemic. One gentleman, he knew that I loved museums. He was like, I know you love the portrait gallery. He'd seen a picture on my Instagram where I'd gone to see the Obama portraits. I'd mentioned that I used to work out of the um the atrium. I would go there to write sometimes. He said, I know we can't go into the museum, but he was like, we can grab Starbucks and maybe have a drink on the steps. So we went to the museum It was a little overcast, and it rained earlier. The steps were damp, so we sat on a bench, and we just talked. It wasn't the most scenic place in D.C., but it was something to look at. We did walk around the city for a little bit, taking in a few of the sights, getting some exercise. It wasn't grand. It didn't cost a lot of money. I don't think a good date has to, but there at least was some thought and some effort in it. He knew I liked museums, so even though we couldn't get in my favorite one, he took me to a museum. He didn't show up empty-handed. It was just Starbucks, but he got my order right. And we sat in a cute place. It's a little bit scenic, and we had good conversation. There was at least some effort put forth. A Popeye's parking lot? That would never even cross my mind. I'm like, are all the sidewalks in your city closed? Like, there's no place to stroll outside. Y'all don't have a hill. Y'all don't have a hike. Y'all don't have no water. Y'all don't have nothing to look at. But a Popeye's? But that's what this grown ass man offered this grown ass woman. And this grown ass woman said yes to a date that a man had clearly put no thought and made no effort for whatsoever. According to the Times, they sat in the parking lot and they talked so long that he had a meal. He, the Times specifically says, quote, he had a meal bought at the kfc across the street as the line at popeye's was too daunting the man won't even make no effort to get chicken the man don't make no effort it comes up multiple times in this article i'm trying to figure out how you sat in a car with a man for hours and only he had a meal did, did he not have enough money for the two of you to eat did you not want to eat he didn't buy you no water no biscuit no sides no mashed potatoes no greens no nothing he he got hungry and then went and got something to eat. And then he sat in the car with you and ate a meal. And you just sat there? After after hours and hours. All that conversation. You wasn't parched. You wasn't hungry. Nothing. The man took her to a Popeye's parking lot on the first date. She sat in a car with him, talked for hours. She said they shared a sunset from the Popeye's parking lot. And then also a first kiss during COVID? I guess if you're going to sit in the car with somebody, you're sharing breath and whatnot with them anyway. So you would catch it from just all the breathing. So I guess the kiss isn't whatever. That sounds so unromantic. And let me say this before we get further into this story. There's no right way to do a love story. And no love stories are perfect. If you start digging into people's stories, like even the ones that, you know, that look like they glitter and are gold, you might find some things and be like, he said what? He did what? When? How'd that happen? It might not sound all lovey-dovey when you start investigating into it. People are flawed. People make mistakes. People do dumb shit. I make full allowances for all of those things. But this, this, a man made no effort, is how your love story began. The Times goes further to note that the man, Mr. Boyce is his name. The Times mentions, quote, he was juggling a whole handful of potential romantic prospects when he met Miss Wade. That's the woman. I saw a lot of people make a big deal out of that. He's single. So was she. His divorce had been finalized years prior. He was not in a relationship. He was a single man. He was dating multiple people. This may hurt folks' feelings. Most men are not sitting in the house with like dry phones and dry DMs. They're not. They're entertaining a few people. Most likely, men and women, but more so men especially. Women sometimes will be like, my DMs are dry, like there's nothing going on. I'm on sabbatical. I'm not dealing with anyone at all. Men do that sometimes too, but the vast majority of men have some options. They might not be viable options, but they sniffing around some people. They're not just sitting there doing nothing. They're they're finding ways to entertain themselves. I didn't have an issue with him dating lots of people. The Times does note that after a few dates with Miss Wade, Mr. Boyce said, "Quote: Those other five started to become very obsolete, very fast." The story continues. Within the first couple weeks of their relationship, couple weeks, I asked my grandmother once. She told me to go down to the basement. She said, "Get a couple plastic bags." You know, black folks from time immemorial had been saving plastic bags. I said, "How many is a couple?" She said, "How many get married?" I said, "Two." She said, "That's how many bags I want." Okay, so two. Within two weeks. Miss Wade recalls telling Mr. Boyce that they were going to get married. This man took you on a date to a Popeye's parking lot. You made out with him at the end of the date. And within two weeks, you think this man who made no effort, you think this is your husband. Honey, what kind of husband were you picturing? She said she told Mr. Boyce they were going to get married. She said Mr. Boyce looked at her like she was crazy. A month after their first date, Mr. Boyce asked Miss Wade to be his girlfriend. Soon afterward, the Times reports, it just says soon. It doesn't say, it doesn't say days, weeks, or months. It says Miss Wade told him, I'm going to need you to move in in six months. Mr. Boyce said, quote, I was like, what are you talking about? This, that's what I'm thinking. Like you just met this man and she's telling you that she wants you to move in. She don't know you. And you don't know her. I totally get why he would be like, what are you talking about? He said to her, I barely know you. And then he also said, six months later, I was moved in. Huh? By then, the two were engaged. Mr. Boyce proposed that December, the two had gone to visit Barbados for the holidays. Mr. Boyce's friend and colleague, Wayne, he thought that the trip to Barbados would be a perfect moment for a proposal. So much so that on his own, Wayne, not Mr. Boyce, Wayne, Wayne, the friend, the colleague, he bought an engagement ring for the couple. Huh? Men, men be buying their friends engagement rings? Unasked? Huh? I need at least two more paragraphs on Mr. Wayne, and I need a quote from Mr. Wayne. I need Mr. Wayne to do an entirely separate interview to explain why he went and bought a ring unasked for his friend to propose. The Times notes that in April, the couple moved into a home that they built together, and in July, they were wed at the home of a friend in Vermont. I'm disturbed. By the seeming lack of effort that this man has put forth in this relationship. If there was more effort to be made, the Times didn't do a good job of conveying it. Because you're starting off talking about a date at a Popeye's parking lot. And then she's dictating to him of what he's going to do. And he's like, no, no. And then he does it anyway. I'm thinking about like the move in, like it wasn't his idea. It was hers. His friend buys the ring and then he gets engaged. The man literally didn't go by the ring to propose to the woman. It's like everything had to be introduced to him. He was going to call the woman and cancel the date. And then she was like, well, if you cancel, never call me again. So he's like, okay, 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 we'll we'll go on a date. And then she says, we're going to move in together in six months. And he's like, no, that's crazy. And then, okay, 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 we'll move in together. He's going on this trip to Barbados with no plans to do anything other than have a great vacation. His friend buys the ring. And then he's like, okay, 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 okay. We'll get engaged. I know this man isn't expected to be the leader in his home. He ain't led nothing so far. He plans shitty dates and he makes no plans. He just goes along with whatever's being presented to him. I, and again, there is no perfect love story. The woman, Miss Wade, in the pictures, she looks very happy. She's smiling big and cheesy. It's pictures from their wedding day. I hope that their courtship has been grossly misrepresented by the times. I also hope that whatever life that they lead together, I hope this man shows more interest in her than what has been depicted here. This sounds real like, you know, we ain't getting no younger. We might as well do this, which was a horrible lyric in an otherwise great song. And we're going to talk about the times and and the kind of like low-key racistness of of publishing this. I definitely want to get to that. This this bothers me. And one of the reasons it bothers me is, well, obviously like the man's clear lack of effort. But also, it strikes me as this lady really just wanted to get married on some any warm body will do. And I don't like to see black women not being cherished or celebrated or just not being treated decently. Like, here you are as a professional woman. The Times does note that Miss Wade has an MBA from Boston University. She's a vice president for global inclusion, diversity, and equity at a Boston financial services company. She is also the president of the Boston chapter of the National Black MBA Association. And I can just tell by some of the details, like you're, you're, you're getting married at your friend's place in Vermont. You're going on vacation in Barbados. They built this home together. This is a woman who's accustomed to a certain lifestyle and a certain kind of living. She's a VP at a financial services company. The parking lot of Popeye's is not the kind of lifestyle that she's accustomed to. And it sounds to me like she's settled for this man. He was a warm body who showed up and kept showing up and she could tell him what to do. And he said, "Okay." he didn't make much effort, but he also didn't make much fuss. Nobody dreams of this shit. Nobody, nobody dreams of being whisked away to a Popeye's parking lot on a date, even during a pandemic. This strikes me as one of these decisions that's a result of the deceased cult leader. And he's not the only one that says it. He's he probably said it on the loudest microphone. The rampant misogyny that he spread has been around forever. It's a low-grade misogyny, the insults that are usually given to women one-on-one, just not in front of a microphone. He said it loud, and he made it more popular for men to to be more comfortable in their misogyny. Kind of like Trump, he didn't make anybody racist. He made racists more comfortable being racist out loud. Same difference. This whole article strikes me as a woman who's been told over and over and over that she has no worth. Her job means nothing. Her degrees are unimpressive. Like no man cares about that. You're a woman of a certain age. So you're a leftover. You're a woman of a certain size. So no man is going to want you. You're a woman of a certain complexion. So you really don't have a lot of options. So you should just be happy with whatever you can get, including a date in a Popeye's parking lot. Like you should be thankful that a man is interested in you with all of the strikes that you have against you, just by being really just a woman. Like, you should be thankful that a man takes any interest in you if you're over the age of really, like, 21. 25, I think he started saying, like, when women were were like out of season or something. And this is me never meeting this woman, know anything about this woman, just totally basing it on the details that are in this New York Times article. But it very much strikes me as, like, A woman who's been brainwashed to believe she can't do better than a Popeye's parking lot. Because if you knew you could do better than that, you wouldn't do that. You would be like, what? No, no, you're not obligated to say yes, just because a man invites you somewhere. You can also counter and be like, no, we're not going to X, Y, Z. Can you take me to blah, blah, blah? And I wonder if she was privy to all of the details that came out in this article. Like, I'm really trying to figure out how good his conversation could be that you're sitting up in a Popeye's parking lot talking to someone who eventually gets hungry and goes and gets food across the street from KFC. Like, he's too lazy to stand in line at the Popeye's. He won't even make the effort for the better chicken. Popeye's chicken is better than KFC. Go go argue with your mom, not me. You you have an hours-long conversation in this Popeye's parking lot. You make out with him at the end. Actually, correction. It says she kissed him at the end. And she was so enamored with this conversation that within two weeks, she tells this man, she's like, I think we're going to marry. What? You can't tell me that's anything other than an act of desperation. And I know some people would be like, Demetria, this really just sounds bitter. Because this woman is in the New York Times and she is married. She has a husband. Who are we to say that she's wrong? I'm not saying she's wrong. And I want to be also be clear that I said earlier in this conversation, I hope that what the Times has written is a skewed version of what their actual reality is. I really genuinely hope that the journalists got it wrong. Sometimes, I think even for folks who say that, like, I want a husband, I think we need to put qualifiers on that. I think it's important. I think just saying, like, I want a husband isn't enough. I think you want, like, a a good, responsible husband who actually, you know, acts like he's into you and makes some effort. Just having a warm body that comes with a penis is not enough. Yeah, you get the, you know, the ring and the wedding and the pretty pictures. But you also got to live that life. That life. That day in, day out with somebody. Just doing it for a title? Just doing it so you could have a baby within wedlock? No. That'll fuck up your life. I would love to see a follow-up to this story within like three to four years. And I say that and I also say, I hope that I am wrong about everything that I said. I hope that this journalist got this wrong. I hope that this man is absolutely lovely and he just, you know, fucked up the first date and the engagement. I hope that this man actually has a backbone that was never displayed at any point during this article. I hope that exists for him. I do. I genuinely do. I don't want to see no black woman out here getting treated bad. I hope that maybe while she settled for the first date that he came through in some other ways. I hope that that trip to Barbados that she didn't foot the bill for. I hope he reached in his pockets. I hope his IT pockets are deep. And I hope he reached in his pockets and took her on a proper vacation, if for nothing else, to make up for that horrible ass first date. That neither one of them, like there's no commentary in the article on some like, I knew it was a bad first date, but I really wanted to see her. It was the best I could come up with at the time. I really hope that, that they, you know, he realizes he dropped the ball on that. And I hope she realizes she deserved better than that. That that cult leader and people who think like him. Because again, he wasn't the first. He's not the only. He just had the biggest platform for it that we've seen so far. You tell women that they deserve nothing. Don't expect him to spend more than the cost of a coffee on the first date. The second date be okay if he pulls out a Groupon at Applebee's. It's like expect nothing, demand nothing. You're worth nothing. Get. I feel like this is one of the results that you get. I'm going to cancel on you twice and then ask you to go to Popeye's. I'm not even going to go pick out the ring that I want to ask you to be my wife with. Some guy at my job picked it out and gave it to me. Didn't even know what you liked, your specifications, none of that. I was like, might as well, since I got the ring. Okay, I'll propose. It's the most unsexy shit ever unromantic shit ever and I fully understand life is not all romance it's not all bells and whistles and rainbows and flowers I get it but god damn can you have some romance at some point the woman you're gonna ask to be your wife you didn't even buy the fucking ring asking women to Popeye's park I gotta let it go I gotta let it go I, I gotta let it go the Popeye's thing has pushed me over the edge last but not least the New York Times they on some bullshit for publishing this story So. When black people talk about they want to be included in in things, right? Like we see fancy things and you'd be like, why is that only for like, you know, why is there, why is this all white? Why is there no blackness in this thing? Black people just don't want to be thrown into the fancy thing as like inferior. The New York Times wedding section has always been sort of upscale, ritzy, aspirational, big love story, a lot of money spent on the wedding, gorgeous photos. It's like a little feather in your cap. Tons of people submit to the New York Times to get their wedding covered and they only pick a few here and there. Do they tell stories like this about white people? The most bottom of the barrel shit where like you're asking women to meet you in, in fucking fast food parking lots? I don't really read the Times section like that. It's a genuine question. But in the times that I have read the stories, it was the fantasy fairy tale shit. It's it's the lovey-dovey like, wow, that's amazing. Almost like fantasy shit. And then when it comes to black people, you give us this, this, I was talking to a friend earlier today and I was like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of sex in the city. The first movie and all through sex in the city, black people, black women, especially love the show, watched the show faithfully. Me being one of them. We'd be like, why is there no like black character like Carrie? All these women live in New York City, which is incredibly segregated in some ways. Okay, it's entirely possible that there were four white women and they had not near one black friend. Totally possible. But just because there were so many black viewers, it would have been nice if there was a black girl thrown into the mix. They got it right with the remix of the show 20 years later. Nicole Ari Parker in the Sex and the City reboot is the Carrie Bradshaw I always wanted. I love her. Sex and the City movie, the first one, they bring in Jennifer Hudson. Is like the black girl who's going to be in the movie, which great. There's black representation in Sex and the City. Black women specifically have been asking for representation on the show. And they bring in Jennifer Hudson and they have her playing Carrie's intern who just moved to the city, who is very nice and is learning her way and would have figured it out in time. But she got there. She's brand new. She's wide eyed. She's unsophisticated. She doesn't know one bag from another. This is not what we asked for. We wanted a black chick who was on par with the white women who were all over the TV show. We didn't want an assistant who Carrie gave an ugly bag to and the girl was so unfashionable she didn't even know the bag was ugly as fuck. I feel like that's what the Times did. All the stories you could have gave, and I know this wasn't the best black story in the batch. Contrary to statistics, black folks get married literally every day. I know those are not the only black people who submitted a story for consideration to the Times. I know they could have done better. The Times goes and gets a story about black people, black people eating chicken in a parking lot on a date. And not only is it a detail in the story, it's a headline. This story, after a first date at Popeye's, marriage was on the menu. Am I the only one that thinks that's kind of racist? Black people like chicken. Everybody likes chicken. There is a specific stereotype about black people and not just chicken, fried chicken. The opening line of the article is talking about these black people at goddamn Popeye's. The parking lot of Popeye's Louisiana kitchen in the Roslindale neighborhood of Boston is not a particularly romantic spot for a first date. This shit's racist. And I feel like it's pushing this narrative of black women and struggle love. Like, if you want to be married black woman, then this is the shit you got to go through. You got to get two dates canceled. And on the third one, you got to accept some bullshit like Popeye's in a parking lot. You got to accept a man who's juggling a bunch of women. You got to accept a man who doesn't, even, who doesn't even buy you an engagement ring. His boy bought it. If you want to get married as a black woman, then here's a blueprint. This is what you should accept. And just say yes to whoever asks. That's how you get a husband as a black woman. This sends a horrible fucking message. I hate it. I want to add this because this couple is being dragged all over the Internet right now. The woman's friends have been speaking out because people have been calling her desperate. But this woman posted this. I don't see her name attached, but this is um, what a makeup artist from the wedding posted. She says, quote, I know this young lady and she's not in caps desperate. She met him in the middle of the pandemic shutdown in 2020 and many businesses were closed. She said, I hate everything about this title. She's referring to the article. It screams racist stereotype. It's not just me. She continues. It should read, we met on a dating app in the middle of a pandemic and found love or we hinged on a bet and found love. The friend keeps going. She says, quote, this guy is very nice, a great sense of humor and treats her like a queen. Glad to hear it. They, in all caps, are not broke and make a very good living. This article missed several editors and I hate how they are portrayed. The reality is when we meet people, men or women, folks are dating others until one person tickles the other person's fancy. This rookie reporter needs to return to J school. I agree this headline and article are not favorable at all. Okay. So yeah, that is my assessment of the New York Times piece. People were pinging me all day trying to get me to um to write about it. And I was like, "Eh, I I'm off the clock. Sorry. Sorry. I'll save it for the podcast, which now you have it." That is our episode for this week. It's not everything, but it's what we've got. We'll talk soon. The next time we speak, I think it'll be from Ghana. I'm excited about that. There's still so much to be done. But taking today off made a world of difference. Much needed break. We'll talk again later this week. Okay. Bye.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's ANGI.com. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours.